What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, June 15th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 311. How the heck is everybody doing? I hope everybody listening had a great time in between shows. Um, I got a great show for you guys today. It is uh, early, pretty early here on this Thursday morning. Uh, Another beautiful day. I'm not a weather guy. I'm not one of those guys that was ever like, um, and you could believe it, you know, it's going to rain the next three days, which, you know, but I just have to mention when it's like 85 and beautiful here in New York, multiple days in a row has not been the case for a while. Uh, and I actually do think it's going to rain this weekend, but, uh, sitting here nice, not like it was a couple days ago. It was a fucking oven. It was the only thing that slowed my fucking half of a wolf Lloyd down for a second. Uh, taking him for a walk. He's just panting and shit. And then he finally plopped over in the house. And I was like, that's what it takes. I got to get a fucking treadmill for this dog and just turn the AC off. And <laughs> that's what it's going to take to just run it out of him. I guess you can't run DNA out of a fucking animal. But um, the weather here is pretty cool. A um, lot of stuff to talk about on the show today. A ton of stuff in sports. Um, that I always say a lot of stuff in sports and then I touch on it for like fucking not even 10 minutes, but, uh, the formula one race we went to, uh, the Yankees, um, the golden state winning in five. I'm not going to say that I told you guys so, but of course I'm going to tell you guys that I told you guys so. Um, so we're just going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Unfortunate things, obviously in the news, um, my unacceptable, which is both hilarious and definitely fucking unacceptable. I can't believe uh, I did what I did. That one's on me. And uh, and we'll just get going, you know, with a lot of stuff. Your guys' unacceptables, of course. Um, so here we go. Another fulfilled, packed, Versi Effect podcast. Sit back and enjoy wherever you may be. At your cubicle, folks. In your car. Working out, sitting around, sit back for uh, installment 311 of your favorite podcast. You know what it is, the Verzi Effect Podcast. Also, thank you all to all the Patreon subscribers. We just did figure out to get some video on there, so I got my first video on Acceptable, me driving in a car, uh, seeing some bicycles, so I had fun with that. I was happy somebody said it made them spit their coffee on their computer screen which uh, is always good to get a spit take on my first video on out there helped. Uh, But there'll be more of that to come. And of course, another um, Patreon episode this week. So for as little as $3 all the way up until, you know, more, you can look at all the options that you have, but um, you can get more TVE content uh, via videos and uh, extra podcasts, uh, interviews with comedians and all that stuff. But uh, before I get into this episode, please... Let me shout out the amazing sponsors of the Verzi Effect podcast. And you guys know the new sponsor that I'm loving, Chassis uh, Premium Body Powder, okay? And it is the best product I've used after the shower ever. They even sent me the pre-shower like lotion. I mean, it is, I am, I am fresh I'm fresh like a daisy. <laughs> I swear to God, this is the best. Like, I just went to Montreal and I brought my chassis with me. It is, like I said, premier body powder that has a hyper shield technology, which keeps you dry all day against uh, sweat, uh, chafing, and odor. It is an amazing product. It is uh, man care for down there, everybody. 
Man Care for Down There Chassis. Premium body powder for men. Um, it is completely safe. Chassis contains no talc, no aluminum, no parabens, or menthol. It is just a safe, uh, it's an ultra soft, fine powder, uh, and it goes a long way. One bottle of Chassis can last you three to four months, even if you use it every day. Guys, I am not kidding when I tell you how amazing this product is. Uh, I use it after the shower. You dry off. You put this powder on your man area, and you will feel... I mean, I swear to God, like, I just... It's just a pleasure. Like, I almost want to have my balls out. Just, you know? Yeah, I, I swear to God, like, just have my wife, like, rolling them around like they're stress balls. <laughs> I mean, it is the best product out there. It is. It was 90-something degrees the other day. I'm not even kidding. 90-something degrees. And I'm walking around, and I'm like, how... It felt so different than I ever felt in my life when it's hot like that because normally your whole body is sweating and my whole body's sweating and uh, my uh, my stuff down there was just, oh, dry as a bone. Dry as a bone, smelling like cologne. And I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. It's just that's how happy this product makes me. I have new balls, everybody, and you will too. And you could buy Chassis, okay? You could buy Chassis. At www.chassisformen.com, that is uh, chassisformen.com or on amazon.com, okay? So uh, you guys check that out. You will absolutely love it, and uh, this is a product that I will use forever, and I will always support, and I pray that you guys do the same. And and, uh, I know pray is a big word, (laughs) but uh, chassis is going to cure uh, one sweaty ball at a time. It is the best fucking product out there. Also, everybody, City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services. Coach Mike, one of the best dog trainers out there over there in the New England area. Look him up. CityLivingDog.com. Check out his services. Check out his Facebook Live videos. Check out his amazing YouTube clips with him working with these fucking savages and then turning them into angels. That's what he does. He's come here. He's worked with our half of Wolf Lloyd. He's worked with other TVE uh, listeners. He will answer your questions. You tell him I sent you over. He is patient. He knows how to work with dogs. He's been doing it going on, I think, going on pretty soon. 18 years of his life dedicated, loves it. You know, the guy talks about dogs the way I talk about comedy, the way an athlete talks about their sport. He loves what he does. Check him out. Follow him on all of his Twitter, all of his social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that, Facebook Live, all that shit. Um, Check him out at citylivingdog.com. And go to All Things Comedy, guys. All Things Comedy for the favorite and best podcast you guys know is out there. And you guys know who they are, and they're pretty much... All with all things comedy. Now, there are some amazing podcast networks. I have friends that have other ones like that. Um, But uh, all things comedy has an amazing choice of podcasts, including yours truly, The Verzi Effect. Um, They also have a record label, All Things uh, Records, where uh, where, uh, Paul Verzi United to Stand was on. You know, number one on iTunes, number four on Billboard. Who's counting? Still getting that. Still getting those sales. Uh, check them out on allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy, everybody. Uh, I want to thank the sponsors. Uh, thank you guys for uh, being a part of the show. My sponsors are awesome. Again, please check them out, um, www.chassisformen.com or get it on Amazon. Check out City Living Dog. 
uh, services, citylivingdog.com and allthingscomedy.com. Now, uh, unfortunate news uh, yesterday. Some psychopath was uh, shooting at uh, Republicans playing a baseball game or whatever. This shit is just getting so sad. It's like, I mean, think about the news now. Like, when you go to the news, it's just fucking awful. It's brutal. And it, once again, I think, it, you know, proves my point. Um, and some other people, I know a lot of people disagree with this. I don't give a fuck. But it does prove my point that um, I just think the two-party system is just so unbelievably just skewed and awful um, in our country. I don't want to get political. Some of the greatest decisions I've made in my life was not really talking politics or taking sides. And I'm not trying to do that on the show. I don't want to bore you with it. You guys know where I stand. If you listen to the show, you know where I stand. I don't need to, to get into it, but, uh, just seeing this shit, it just kind of like, just, you know, uh, politics aside, just seeing what's going on in the world and seeing that I'm raising two children in this fucking awful, sick, violent, divided world. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just an awful, awful thing. And, you know, I guess, I don't know what it's going to take. What, more people to die till people could, you know, reach a common ground? You know, it's, it's, it's just getting worse and worse. And, um, you know, the craziest thing is, it's like, you don't know what news things to believe, you know, because you, you listen to one and then you listen to another and then just people get so fired up. And, uh, you know, and now people are, people are dying and people are, are, you know, taking these unbelievably drastic, tragic, horrible measures to, to prove a point or to do something. And then lives are lost with no point. No, no, there's just no point. You know, it's like life is hard enough, man. It's all fucked up. Life is hard enough. You know, people ODing, kids ODing, you know, opiate epidemic out there, fucking drugs and shit. You know, you got that shit. You got, you got so much stuff. You got all of this, all of this stuff in the world that happens. And unfortunately, social media lets you see everything. You know, there's, there's wars, there's terrorism, there's all kinds of shit in the world. And the one thing that like, honestly, I never like to just see shit in our own country with fucking, you know, gunmen. Like, listen, I could understand if. You could understand when you see something like if you see terrorism and it's because, you know, and they make some message, well, the United States did this and I'm doing this or, you know, free this guy. And until you free this guy, we're going to, you know, like the fucking movie, like that, that's the, that's the horrible shit that I grew up with. You know, even those movies will free this guy and we'll fucking, I mean, I'm clearly fucking thinking about, uh, <laughs> I'm clearly <laughs> thinking about what's it called Air Force One. But you know what I mean? Like, that's what it always was. Like, the hostage, it would be like a hostage situation. There was a meaning. There was a purpose. There was some fucked up thing. And it was always radical and crazy. But it seemed like it was, like, outside of our country. And now, seeing just the fucking divide amongst us, it's almost like this fucking political civil war that I'm watching. And it's fucking nuts. And the media doesn't help. These television shows, you know, I heard somebody say, all these television shows just cater and are therapy. It was actually like a PBS public thing where these guys were just talking. And one guy said something and it was so poignant. It was so poignant what he said. All of these shows, you know, he used it more on the liberal side. So he said something along the lines of like people that watch Saturday Night Live and the Colbert show or uh, the Daily Show. That's therapy for liberals. They just go to it without knowing. And um, you could say the same thing for the other side. And I think there's truth to all of that. You know, I mean, SNL tries to be funny and like comedy shows, you know, of course, some are swayed certain ways, but like 
news like Fox and all that just sways to what you want. And, and just seeing this shit is awful. And, uh, you know, my wife said something really, really fucking smart. Well, she's very smart, but she said, she goes, she goes, everybody I talk to, like, she goes, I don't talk politics because everybody I talk to in politics, this is so fucking great that she said this. It was so, I mean, that's why I married her because she just gets it, but she's not going to talk to somebody that can't be talked to. The same way I can't, that's why I stopped on Facebook. You can't talk to people that have one track mind, but she said something. She's like, people, I don't talk politics to anybody because they walk party lines and don't think for themselves. And she's 100% right. She's 100% right. And we have family members that do that. And you have family members listening that do that. Yes, no, no, my my parents or my aunt, uncle, no, no, they think, no, they don't. They, they say they're thinking for themselves, but they're really not. Because if you talk about what they watch, if you talk about what they listen to, they're not thinking for themselves. They're, they're really not. They walk party lines and then they take that. And that's all they see and they're blinded. And uh, I think you get rid of the, 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 the two-party system and you obviously get better fucking candidates instead of all of these fucking sleazy, lying, cheating, corrupt fucks, and hopefully everybody could, hopefully we could start swinging, at least in this country. I know other people listen to the show aren't in this country. I know it's not like that in all other countries, but I mean, the fact that it's so 50-50 or 49-51 or whatever it is in this country, even if you could get it to like 65% of people fucking agreeing or like 70, the way it was certain times in this country and uh, seeing this shit is sad. It sucks. I don't want my kids to be exposed to seeing all this fucking horrible shit that goes on and, uh, you know, whatever. So really sad thoughts and prayers to the victims. And, and one thing that I do want to say is some of these fucking people online that I saw, I really did see this and it's like, really grow the fuck up. You're fucking sickening is what you are. It's, it's seeing these people that are like, you know, like, like, uh, I saw some people that don't agree with the Republican party, a lot of liberals and Democrats like posting shit on Facebook, like almost in a way that like, wasn't really upset or felt bad just because it was Republicans. They, they found a way to say it was terrible, but they threw their little fucking political thing. And instead of thinking like, Hey, why don't you fuck What if that was your fucking family member? You fucking dope. And the same thing, and I'm not saying that wouldn't happen the other way, because I'm sure there'd be a fucking asshole Republican if a couple of fucking Democrats got fucking wiped out, you know, that would say like, yeah, well, maybe the fucking, if the media, it's just fucking awful. It's just awful. Everybody fucking sucks. Fuck you all, okay, on both sides. You should be ashamed of yourself, okay? And, uh, and it's just an absolutely fucking gross time in politics. And it's, it's a fucking travesty, you know, traveling to other countries and seeing, and I'm fortunately able to do that with my job. And, uh, and you know, I was just, you know, just in Canada and you just, you just listen and you, it's just so different. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here? What's it going to take to make everybody fucking happy? You know, I'll tell you one thing it could take if every man in this country started using chassis and pulled their pants down, maybe people would be occupied with their spectacular balls and then there would be less violence. How about that for a plug, chassis? You like that? That's how much I like it. You guys can stop. You guys can, you guys can stop. You guys can make the country not divided anymore with just unbelievable pleasurable scented balls all over the place.
That's going to be the American slogan once Chassis takes over. Okay? (laughs) The home home of just soft-scented balls. Um... No, but that, I, I wanted to just mention that because uh, it's it's uh, really fucking shitty, you know? When you talk back to, uh, I guess, you know you know what I think about sometimes? I think about when, um, I think about when John F. Kennedy, I think about when John F. Kennedy, rest his soul, uh, got fucking, you know, murdered in front of the country, in front of everybody, in front of the world. I mean, that man got murdered in front of the fucking world. Okay, um, all over the news, all over the world, and America was fucking devastated. You know, I remember my mom and dad both, and and, and this is this is a really, this is a really good point here that I want to make is that you know, my mom and dad were were younger at the time, and you know, my father has his political beliefs, but. It didn't matter, like, with Kennedy. It was just like, um, it was just like, man, our president got, like, our leader. Like, it was the first time, it, it, for like, in my life, because now I'm able to see, it was actually, I should say the only time, not the first time, the only time I was able to see these documentaries and everything about uh, John F. Kennedy and, and everything leading up and after. And I'm kind of like, that's kind of my history thing. My history thing is like John F. Kennedy. If so, like World War II and, and the assassination uh, leading up to and after uh, President Kennedy. Those are my two, you know, really fascinations it, with uh, with history. Uh, World War II, just because it was just, you know, it was like, you know, crazy what Germany was doing and, you know, how we got involved and all that stuff. And of course, you know, um, the, the assassination of, of John F. Kennedy, but to see the documentaries and to see how everybody was devastated and together, like our leader got killed and everybody was sad. The world was sad. And, you know, now it wouldn't be that way. It wouldn't be that way. You know, if God forbid something happened to the president now, you know, there would be fucking, you know, I mean, look, you got people holding up severed heads of the guy. And I know, whoa, Paul, you're a comedian. Isn't anything off? It's just, it's it's just, it, it, listen, a joke is a joke. A funny, honest joke is a funny, honest joke, no matter how fucking far it goes. I've said that. You know, Lord knows I've said things that were really like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I was talking about my thoughts and me, you know, and, uh, but you got to be smarter than that. You got to, you got to like to just do shock is just shock. And if Hillary Clinton was president, God forbid something happened to her, there'd be another side that was, you know, and if, and it's just sad to know that it's just sad to, to that people aren't thinking like that, uh, that a husband or a father or a mother or a wife or a sister got taken from the earth. It's not about that anymore. It's about fucking, it's a, it's uh you know, I actually heard Mike Francesa. Now that I think about it, Mike Francesa said that it used to be, yeah, Mike Francesa who said, um, he said it yesterday, he goes, it used to be where, you know, you debated and you didn't like it, but you, 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 it was your leader and that was it. And then now it's like, eliminate them. That's what he said. And I guess that that's what I'm trying to say. Not to reiterate an amazing fucking radio personality, but I guess that's, that's the, he's right. He's right. And, and I'm, I'm reiterating that because, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fucking crazy time is what it is. It's a really crazy time. And that's why I say, love your kids. And, um, and powder your balls. Uh, all right, moving forward. 
Let's see what else we have here. Oh. This Squatty Potty product. Now, they don't sponsor the show. I'm not... I don't use it. I haven't used it. But here's my thing with the Squatty Potty. You guys, tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm nuts. Tell me. Everyone's like, oh, have you used the Squatty Potty? Oh, my God. You've never shit to use the Squatty Potty. And then they show, like, all of these, um, they show all of these, like, diagrams, like, see-through through the body of, like, the intestines to the colon coming out of your ass and the difference. And that if you don't use the Squatty Potty, they're still fucking, like you know, feces up your ass and in your anus that you didn't fully get out. But if you use the squatty potty, everything just clears out and everything. And I'm even listening to comedian friends go, oh, dude, you got to use a squatty potty. For the people that don't know what it is, squatty potty is a, it's almost like a little stool that uh, you, you, you put out, you put your feet up on. So your feet are up on probably like an eight inch to like a, maybe a foot stool in front of you. And then you go to the bathroom and it's supposed to just release everything faster and more of it comes out. And you're supposed to, it's supposed to be more healthy for you. And I'm just thinking to myself, this shit came out in 2017. No pun intended. This product came out. We're learning. We're just learning how to shit now. Fucking cave manager. Like, we're just learning how to shit properly in 2017 that everybody's going, oh my God, this is the game changer in the shit game. <laughs> it's 2017, everybody. And apparently, the human beings have a product now that allows you to shit the right way. That's how long it took. All right, we're going to have cars flying. Okay, not much further after the time that we learned how to shit right. Oh my God. I'm getting a squatty potty. I have to. Because I have to be a civil, I have to shit the best possible way. I have to be as as much civilized as as you can in the future, you know. Because pretty soon, if you don't have a squatty potty, people are gonna be like, "Dude, what the fuck? You got what kind of animal? You were shitting like that? <laughs> Come on, man! It's two thousand and twenty. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't know what it is, YouTube it, Google it, whatever you have to do to see what the squatty potty is. But apparently, we've been doing it wrong for uh, <laughs> thousands and thousands of years or whatever it is. Um, all right. My unacceptable, guys, is, first of all, I was at, I was in Montreal. Um, I went to Montreal to uh, open for my dear friend who I don't get to do it much for anymore, but we do it around spectacular sporting events because we're so close uh, and this year was um, the, a, Formula, a Formula One race in Montreal. Um, they only do 20 of them a year. And uh, it was amazing. I opened for uh, Bill Burr at two shows at the Olympia Theater. Uh, 1,400 people each show. And I got to be honest with you, I could not have had more fun uh, on and off stage. It was just too much fun. It was just like to be like, oh my God, I'm making money doing this. I'm making a living doing this. Like, it's just, I would have had to work so many fucking hours in a week or two weeks or whatever it is to make the money that I made. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just thinking to myself, holy shit, I am so happy and lucky to be doing what I love, making a living, and I'm doing it while going to sporting events, hanging out with my best, dearest friends. It does not get any fucking better. And I hope to God... My children and your children and all of you people can do the same thing. Knock on wood for that because I it was just so much fucking fun doing new jokes, uh, working a big chunk of the hour special, which, uh, as you guys know, the announcement is already out. I will obviously make that announcement uh, on this show in a little bit here. But, 
you know, we went to this Formula uh, One race in Montreal. We took a little boat over there, saw Lewis Hamilton, the number one greatest race car driver in the world. Like the greatest race car driver in the world. And then me and my wife were actually watching YouTube clips and interviews of Lewis Hamilton. He won. He was spraying us with champagne. We met his, um, we met his teammate from Mercedes. So uh, I, learned about, I learned about Formula One. It's 20 cars, 10 teams, two drivers per te- uh, two cars per team. And um, there's only 20 drivers in the world that can do it. And they go to 20 races around the world. And it's amazing. Different than NASCAR. Uh, all different kinds of tracks and all that stuff and uh, cars that are just like rockets and hundreds of million dollars in investments in these cars. Um, the Mercedes team is the best and then it's uh, Mercedes and Ferrari have the best teams and then it's other teams. Met Daniel Ricardo, the driver for the uh, Red Bull team. He came in third. It was so cool hanging out with him. Just an amazing, amazing time. And uh, so we're at Montreal a couple of days. Andrew Themlis, uh, comedian and uh, producer, director, He's shooting videos with Bill. He was there. He opened the show. We had a good time. We were going out, smoked some cigars. And uh, here is my unacceptable is the last night I'm there. uh, Bill goes back to the room. It was kind of late. Me and Andrew had a couple of more drinks. The Stanley Cup final was on. We watched uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup, which my good friend Joe Bartnick was so happy about. And I'm texting with Joe, and I, I got a really good buzz on. And then I would say, I'd have to say I probably got drunk. Andrew and I went back to our hotel, and my unacceptable is I went to the hotel fucking reception desk, I uh, check-in desk, whatever you want to call it, I asked for a menu at 3 o'clock in the morning, should have and could have easily went down, went up, I mean, went upstairs, got a bottle of water, drank one or two bottles of water, went to bed and start the healing process of the hangover which is inevitable in the next, whatever, six to eight hours. Had to, you know, drive home the next day. But no, I get a menu of the local pizzeria that's up till four in the morning. So how good is that? And I thought I was doing something healthy. So I'm like, yeah, give me a grilled chicken salad, whatever. And then, of course, just in my stupid buzz, I'm like, hey, give me, uh, you got, to, yeah, give me wings. Give me wings, hot wings. So I pass out on the bed. Out cold. And until the guy, the guy was knocking on my fucking hotel room door like the FBI. You know, just bang, bang. And finally open. And he just goes, <laughs> when I open the door, he just goes, wow, you know, I was knocking for a long time. I'm half sleeping. I'm fucking, I'm, I was a mess. I probably overpaid. I just didn't even care about the, t- I just gave him, like, I was like, how much was it? And I just made sure whatever I had in my hand was over that amount. <laughs> I just gave it to him. And I'm eating these piping hot wings. Like putting the whole wing in my mouth, eating like a like I'm not like I'm going to fucking jail the next day. I'm eating. I am eating like I'm just throwing the whole thing. I'm trying to pull the meat off, and I was so tired and just wanted it to be over, but I was hungry, so I'm eating hot, fast, probably burning my mouth. I eat these wings. I think then like an animal, like an absolute unacceptable animal. I don't know if I had silverware or if I didn't use it or see it or if I did and it broke. I can't even. I, I was so tired. So I remember just having to wash my hands because I think I was eating the grilled chicken with my fingers, which they were like big pieces, which you could eat with your fingers. But then there was like lettuce and I had to like wash. It was a fucking mess. Oh my God. If I saw video of how I ate, I'd probably be disgusted with myself 
absolutely unacceptable ordering from a pizzeria that's open till 4 a.m. in Montreal the night before I got to drive five hours. Uh, you know, but hey, I was responsible. I went back to my hotel at least. I didn't, you know, I went back to the hotel, but I had to, I ate awful food all hours of the night, spent money on it, and, uh, you know, I shouldn't have done it. I could have easily, and Andrew was like, nah, you don't need to eat. You should just go to bed. I'm like, oh, just a little something, and next thing you know, I was just calling up, just ordering shit. So, absolutely unacceptable on my part, and uh, my stomach paid for it the next two days, not to mention... I drove five hours the next day, but I was actually fine the next day. I was, you know, comfortable hotel, rested up, got in the car, drove home, and, um, you know, drove home, got my got my kids and everything. So, could have uh, could have done without eating that garbage stuff. Now let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Here we go. Let's see what we have here. Uh, I could have had this up and ready to go. So, um, let me, let me see. Come on, Paul, get out of this part. All right. Let's see if we have the usual suspects or some new people. Cause it's always a mixture. Some, some shows there's all new people. Some shows are usual suspects. And then when I don't hear from you, usual suspects, that's when you guys come. So let's see you guys come around and you, and you have a new story for me. Uh, oh, it looks like a mixture of both. Let's see what we have here. This one is from, uh, okay. This says dressing room unacceptable. Okay. All right. Let's see. This is from Andrew. Hey, Paul. Oh, wait, is this from another country? Cause it says, it looks like it might be. Well, we'll see. I've been listening to TVE for about two weeks after burning through all of Burr's available podcasts. And there's a lot more on all things comedy too. Uh, but thank you. I work as a civil engineer now. But I worked at a Coles near Buffalo, New York while in college. And people have no fucking respect when using the dressing rooms. Uh, it was bad enough when a customer would try on a bunch of stuff. And leave it on a giant pile on the, uh, in a giant pile on the floor. Uh, I'm sorry, on a giant pile on the floor. Uh, but I've seen worse things uh, than that. Oh, you're supposed to say, I think you were trying to say that. Uh, religious propaganda and condom wrappers are among the worst. It worries me that I never found the actual condoms. Yeah, that would, oh God. Yeah, right? And then you're afraid to look around that fucking stall, whoever was in it. But the absolute worst was when I opened a dressing room door to find a lump of clothes in one corner and a pile of human shit in the other. What? I'm guessing it wasn't one of Kelly's because of the size and consistency. This was the shit of a child. Oh, my God. Eight to ten years old, white male, approximately four foot one. <laughs> Really? That that was the that was what the investigation uh that's what you guys diagnosed, huh? Uh, uh 8 to 10 year old white boy, approximately a little over 4 feet. Uh but the clothes were adult male clothes, meaning the dad let the son squat and use his little butt like a soft serve ice cream machine to leave me a warm treat for my long day of work. 
lock that monster up in a cage and let me and my former co-workers <laughs> shit all over it. Uh, sorry if this was too long, uh, but you're a better reader than Bill, so I didn't think it would be an issue. Hugs and kisses, Andrew. Well, thank you, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That is definitely a dressing room unacceptable. And here's the thing. If you do, let's just say your son or daughter is crying. Like, Daddy, I gotta go, I gotta go. Like, I'm gonna go right now or I'm going in my pants. I get that. How about you take your undershirt off or whatever you have, put it down, then wrap it up, get a plastic bag from like the food court or whatever the fuck you have to do. Find paper, find whatever you have to do. Go to the place. I'm sure Kohl's, you could get a Kohl's plastic bag, wrap it up in your shirt. But to fucking take their clothes and put the pile, it's just like animalistic. It's fucking gross. Absolutely gross, unacceptable. But thank you for the, uh, thank you for the submission. Here we go. This one, unacceptable from Sam. But the name is Mwati... Magiro, I hope I'm saying that right, or Wati Magiro. Maybe the M is silent. Hi, Paul. Got some last-minute tickets to see you and Bill in Montreal. You absolutely killed it. Your Trump bit and impression was spot on. Uh, also enjoyed Bill's bit on the uh, in inflatable dolls. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, really wanted to meet you and Bill for a picture uh, that was going to be my profile picture on every social media platform out there forever. Laugh. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad you, I had a great time. I had a great time in Montreal. Uh, if my, I said this before on stage, if Montreal is not one of your favorite cities in the world, you haven't been to Montreal. That's how great it is. My unacceptable is that I went to the first show at 7:30 and didn't get a chance to take, uh, to take meet you guys because of the uh, quick turnaround you guys had. I should have taken the later show that maybe would have uh, met you guys. Uh, I would have gotten uh, the burger recipe from you too. After the show, I was wondering uh, what excuse could I tell the bouncer to get you guys to come out of the green room briefly without getting my teeth kicked in. Uh, Maybe next time. To make it even worse, I was at the Cigar Bar Stogies on Friday and you guys went Sunday instead. Uh, thanks for the laughs, Paul, Sam. Well, I will have you know that, uh, I actually, I went to, so after Saturday's show, I went Saturday and Sunday. So after Saturday's show, um, those guys didn't want to go out. And I was like, come on, man. Like Stogie's, for you people that don't know, Stogie's is a cigar bar lounge, amazing, open till I think three in the morning in Montreal. And they just have a nice humidor. They have TVs on, leather couches, leather chairs, and uh, they sell Cuban cigars. Show was over not too late. It wasn't far from us. So I'm like, I'll sit down. When am I going to get a chance to smoke a Cuban cigar close to my hotel? I know those guys were tired, but I was like, I'll do it two days in a row. I don't care. So I went and I ended up actually sitting with some fans. I went there and at first I was like, should I leave? Like I was like, let me, I'm going to leave. I don't think I'm going to, I was like, I don't think I'm going to stay, you know? And, um, I just didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I was like, ah, should I get, and I kind of was like feeling it out. Wasn't far from the, you know, wasn't far from my hotel. So I get, I order a cube and I sit down 
And these two guys come up, shake hands, say, dude, great show tonight. And, I, you know, I'm like, all right, yeah, I appreciate it. And, like, you know, the place was kind of busy, but there were seats near me. The guys sat near me, had a great time, talked to them. Then other fans walked over, said, hey, Paul, great show. Listen to your podcast. Just wanted to say that. They were sitting behind me. So when the two fans went, I just got up and went and sat with them and talked for, like, you know, a few minutes, had a good time. And they were, they were just like, you know, they appreciated it. And they were like, oh, thanks so much. I was like, I'm hoping not intruding. And they're like, no, no, this is great, you know. And um, it was cool. So um, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. And uh, I'm sorry I forgot those guys' names uh, that I sat with, but they were awesome. And uh, if I said I would shout you out on the podcast, I would try to remember. Um, but I'm sorry about that. But I did. I had a great time talking. And I do appreciate all the support for you guys listening to the show. And uh, thank you. Uh, all right. Let's see what else we have. Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. What the fuck? Parentheses, not IBS, from Kelly Meyer. So, we will hear from the Shakespeare of shit here on 311. However, it is not a classic IB, uh, yeah, IBS story. So, we will listen to what Kelly has to say. As always, Kelly Meyer has carte blanche on the show, folks. If you haven't known... You know, uh, for you new listeners, Kelly is, uh, I guess, uh, if you want to look at it as a sports talk radio show, you know the way they always have the same guy. I remember listening to like Mike and the Mad Dog or the Fan, uh, 660 AM in New York. Uh, they always, I think they had a guy, Jerome, call for like 21 years. They always have the go-tos. They always have like the regular listeners and the regular callers. Well, that's kind of, there's a few like that on the show. I would say Kelly would be the Jerome of, um, of TVE. So let's see what he says. Here we go. Uh, Paul, I apologize in advance for the length, but this whole situation was fucked up and funny and definitely unacceptable. I went, uh... Grocery shopping earlier today. I'm in the checkout line putting my items up uh, on the conveyor belt. The cashier, an 18 to 21, an 18 to 20 year old kid with a half a dozen earrings and at least a dozen visible tattoos, starts uh, chatting me up. I tried politely to convey that I wasn't interested, but he did not pick up on my social cues. <laughs> I just love the way this guy talks. Isn't it? It's just the best. Kelly's the best. I'm already in. I'm already fucking in. That's the craziest thing about when Kelly writes. I, dude, you could be, I'm not even joking around. You got to write a book about anything. You could like eloquently talk about just walking around a supermarket and I'd want to fucking find out like what you thought. After halfway done scanning my groceries out of nowhere, this kid says, hey man, I probably shouldn't even be saying this. But did you know that it is a scientific it is a scientifically proven fact that music sounds better if you're stoned? Oh Jesus, one of these guys, huh? Uh, I'm not a prude when it comes to drugs. I've smoked plenty of weed in my day along with some other shit uh, I'm not too proud of. If you want to do drugs, I honestly don't care. but there is a time and a place to talk about that kind of stuff and this wasn't it. I was blindsided by his statement and responded simply with, uh, okay, this kid stops scanning my groceries and launches into a two-minute, uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I drop. I drop about what drugs 
you should do depending on the uh, uh, album you're listening to. I tried, really? I tried to look as shocked as I could. I, <laughs> I thought my facial expression was saying, kid, what the fuck are you doing? But apparently he thought my expression said, please continue talking to me about drug shit while you scan my groceries. He was right in the middle of explaining why Pink Floyd should be only listened to while on mushrooms uh, when, when it hit me. I am going to teach this kid about appropriate social interaction and I'm going to royally fuck with him while I'm doing it. I said, wow, man, that's really interesting. Would you be able to write down some recommendations for me? Uh, like what kind of stuff goes with your albums? Uh, with what albums? His face lit up. Like a kid on Christmas, he said, oh, yeah, definitely. He grabbed a scrap paper. Uh, he grabbed scrap, a scrap piece of paper and pen and started writing furi furiously. As he wrote, he explained to me the, psycholo uh, the psychology of brainwaves processing music on specific uh, hallucinogens. Wow. As he was writing and talking, uh, I interrupted him and said, hey, could you write your full name, your phone number, address on here for me and your vehicle information also, if you could? He looked confused and he asked, what do you need that for? <laughs> I changed my facial expression to stone cold serious. I stared daggers at the kid <laughs> and without breaking eye contact, I, <laughs> I said, I'm a field agent with the DEA assigned to, <laughs> assigned to, join, to a joint FBI task force. Uh, working out of Green Bay Regional Office. We're investigating heroin, opiates, and prescription drug abuse in rural Wisconsin. It, sound, it sounds to me like you may have some valuable information pertaining to some of our investigations. By the way, is your manager around? Oh, my God. No, you didn't, Kelly. Oh, my God. I would have loved to see in his face. You could see the blood filling this kid's face as it turned the darkest shade of crimson red I've ever seen on a human being. He crumpled <laughs> up the piece of paper and threw it out. I continued to stare at him seriously, as, as, as seriously as I could, trying not to burst out laughing. He couldn't even look at me. He stuttered, uh, the manager isn't here right now. Uh, but yeah, that's just some stuff I've heard <laughs> about from my friends. But like I said before, I shouldn't even be... Uh, talking about this kind of stuff at work. I looked right at, I looked right at his name tag and said, you're right, Peter. Uh, better not share this stuff at work. He looked down at his name tag and then back at me with absolute panic. He was visibly shaking. The rest of the transaction was so <laughs> was so quick and quiet you could have heard a pin drop. Lock this animal up. Uh, lock this animal in a cage with all of his favorite music and no drugs. Unacceptable. Kelly Meyer, everybody. Kelly fucking Meyer. Even when it's not an IBS, it's a book. Am I right? It's a novel. That is the greatest. Dude, that is a scene from a movie. That is literally a scene from a movie. Because what you could do with that scene is you could make Kelly be in the ball breaker who might be a little high or buzzed from drinking or being out at a bar going to pick something up and then having that happen and then having the sarcasm and the fucking wherewithal and humor to still fuck with the kid. That's a scene from a movie. It's perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, he never, he never not delivers. He never not delivers. First time unacceptable from Ryan Raman. Uh, 
Let's see what Ryan Ramon says. I hope I got that right. It's either Ramen or Ramon. Uh, hey, Paul. Let's see. Been listening to you for a while now. Uh, found out about you thanks to Burr. You're a big reason why I get through my work commute without losing it. I thought long and hard about what kind of unacceptable I wanted to send to you and finally settled on something. I work in a bank and can't fucking stand when people stare at me like it's supposed to make me move faster. Oh, I know that. I know what you mean. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but I've been guilty of that, but I've only done that when the employee was like looking at their phone or talking to a coworker about some stupid shit, but I've never done that when somebody was just trying to do their job. Uh, I'm already going as fast as I can, but I'm not a fucking miracle worker. And trust me, I'm definitely not the slowest person among our team. Uh, we have a lady that for every one customer she helps, I end up helping five. I swear it's that bad, but back to the unacceptable. What's even worse is when you have the assholes who continue staring at you to the point that you feel like somebody... Uh, someone's eyes are fixed on you without looking up. Uh, I fucking hate that feeling. I said uh, I had some creepy old man give me Manson lamps uh, a while back, but because I'm not allowed to call these fucking people out on their bullshit, I stared at him to show him I was a bigger psycho than he was. It was so fucking creepy how he was looking at me. But eventually, I got him to look elsewhere. Isn't that the best? I'm going to talk about that after. The test. The fight between two. Uh, Look, (laughs) I'm a straight guy, okay? If I see a hot girl, I'll check her out and think, damn, nice ass, slash rack, slash legs, slash whatever. But god damn it, I'm not going to stare at her like I'm fascinating about wearing her skin. Jesus Christ, lock these animals in a cage and let them stare at each other until they start getting annoyed at each other over uh, and start brawling amongst themselves. Uh, P.S. Hope you make it down uh, to Central Florida one of these days, even if you're not doing a show but just happen to be down there. Taking the family to Disney but need a break from Mickey Mouse, for example. Would love to grab some beers or whiskey with you. It's a long shot but never hurts to mention it, right? Take care. Keep up the awesome work with the podcast, Ryan. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate that. For some reason, Florida is just not a place I go a lot, like a little bit, a little bit here and there. But it's like, you know, there's the the Palm Beach Improv, which I did. There's a couple of places not down there. But if I am down there at a show and you come out to a show, definitely come and say hi. Um, and uh, I'd love to meet you personally. And again, I appreciate the, uh, the support you listening and thank you. Great first time, uh, write in. Uh, I know what you mean about the look. Uh, you guys know that one that I was on in the fucking toilet. I was on the toilet in a private, no, in a, in a public restroom. I think it was, I don't, I had to go. I forgot if I was in, I was, yeah, I was in the supermarket and I just had to go. I like, I just left the cart of food and I had to go. Uh, and the guy's eye was between the crack and he's going, come on, come on. (laughs) It was the one of the creepiest, worst things ever. But I wanted to talk about the test. Now, I don't know if women do this, but this is definitely a man thing where, and, and I got beat on it one time. And to this day, it still bothers me. It really, really does. Um, what happened was 
I was caddying. I was caddying at my friend who's a golf pro, uh, old friend of mine from high school, uh, got a scholarship to Villanova, played golf, and then he's a uh, he's the head golf pro now, or he was the golf pro's assistant at a, a very big, reputable, nice golf course in Westchester. And I had just started doing comedy, and uh, you know I needed some extra work. I needed to make some money. Uh, my wife and I, we had a really, really small apartment at the time, and uh, I was like, whatever, you know, this is a rich country club. I could make myself a little bit of money um, caddying for these guys. Uh, all Jewish club where a gimme is like a fucking, you know, the length of your driver. These fucking old Jewish guys were like, eh, pick it up, pick it up, it's a gimme. It was like a fucking 15-footer. They'd hit, they'd hit bad and grab their back. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, and, uh, some of these guys were so unathletic. It was like watching grown men play fucking golf, like on ice skates when they couldn't skate. It was a fucking joke. But anyways, I digress. So, um, the boss gave like a meeting to the caddies and like, I was like, all the caddies were like these Jamaican guys who go down like a professional caddies that go down South for the winter. And then, you know, and I'm just sitting there and like my, my friend got me the job and I'm doing it. And he was saying something, and I was disinterested in it. Like, I was just, like, tired of it. I was disinterested. So I kind of just step away. Oh, it's getting me so mad thinking about it. And he was looking me down because he knew. And then I was looking. And it was like one of us had to break, and I broke. He just looked, and then I kind of broke because he wanted to know. And it fucking kills me. This fucking German guy got me. He was just staring at me. And like, he was like, I know you're, you're going to look at this. Or you're going to listen to this. I can't even, it's hard for me to even describe what I'm saying. It was just a situation where I didn't want to be there. And uh, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm physically getting pissed right now that this happened. I didn't want to listen. I just wanted to go. And he was just doing his power bullshit. And I kind of was just like, whatever, you know, guys, I'm a comic. I'm not good with fucking, I'm not good with being told what to do. My wife tells me, she goes, she goes, you and fucking Lloyd have the similar personality because when you yell at Lloyd, he kind of shows his teeth and gets mad and frustrated. And that's how I don't like being told what to do. Okay. I just don't. Um, and I know a lot of comedians that are just like that. You know, we're free spirits and I don't, I don't like authority and I just, I'm just not good that way. I don't like, you know, I can't, I don't like having bosses. I just, I'm just not good with it. I'm just not, you know, um, Maybe it has something to do with my parents. Like when I was growing up, I didn't really have that. Like you're going to do this and you're going to do that because shit happened when I was younger. They felt bad. So I just never had, I just didn't like it. And this guy was trying to fucking do it with his group of caddies. And he's just looking at me and I'm kind of like, I wanted to look away, but I stayed staring at him. Like he, he stared at me and then, um, I forgot how it happened. Did I look away? Or did I want to look away and I couldn't? Maybe he made me stare at him. And then when I started to look away, he kind of adjusted to make sure I stayed looking at him. That's what happened. That's what fucking happened. He stayed staring at me. And because I didn't want to fuck up my relationship and he was the head of the place, I just didn't want to listen. I wanted to look away. And he kind of knew. So he positioned himself and I should have fucking looked away, but I didn't. I stayed staring at him and he won. And it fucking bothers me. And there's always a time where you're staring at somebody, they're staring, who's going to break first? And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times a bigger man does break, but sometimes you got to win that. So I know what you're talking about, but it's especially frustrating if you're doing it at your job. Um, here we go. Now, here's a regular one. Here is a regular one. Uh, regular. Oh, this is Robert Thompson. 
the only guest of the Verzi Effect podcast. Let's see. It's got two. Let's see here. Okay. Bobby T says, unacceptable to the max. Paul, I'm pissed the fuck off right now. Me and my wife went to Walmart to get some things we needed. I know it's my fault for going to fucking Walmart. Anyhow, man, we went to Walmart because we needed some new uh, shitter seats. Get the squatty potty, right? And new shower uh, liners. We walk in and gather what we need while uh, weaving through the animals that go to Walmart. Uh, I still do not understand how people are so lost in that store that they stop in the middle of aisles and think they are the only ones in the fucking store. Anyhow, we get uh, the shit we need and head to the checkout. Uh, So fast forward 45 minutes and we are finally headed out of the store. As we walk out, some seven, uh, seven foot tall, muscular ass black dude. Not sure why his color matters, but I'm just painting the picture here. So don't judge me. No, I know what you mean. Cause I saw like a six foot nine or six foot 10 black dude in a suit at formula one. And he happened to be an ex Raptor. And I think now he's on the Orlando magic. Anytime I see a black dude over six I'm like, all right, that guy, hopefully God, God willing. He, he was a pro athlete. Um, he asks us for our receipt. Now I'm already frustrated for making a 15-minute trip uh, take over an hour. So I yell out, are you fucking kidding me, dude? We clearly have bags in the cart. As I am yelling, my wife keeps walking because she is even more frustrated than I am. The big-ass black man runs to my wife and grabs her fucking arm and yells, "Get uh, wow, yells at her for not showing her receipt. As you can imagine, I am fired up. I yell at the guy and tell him she's with me as I am trying to show him my receipt. But at this point, I told him to go fuck himself and he's lucky I don't call the police. Wow, dude. Uh, That's pretty fucking... Dude, that's like... That goes from like anger to like... something, Dude, if I saw a guy grab my way, I don't give a fuck how big he is, dude. I would lose it. Uh, He then tells me if she doesn't show her receipt, he will call the police. So I did what any other pissed off husband would do. And I told him, call the fucking police and I will let them know how you assaulted my wife, who is a paying customer because you uh, take your job too seriously. And I kept walking to my truck as I gave him the bird the entire way. Still not sure if he called the police, but I'm sure I will know within a few hours. Fuck Walmart, fuck Walmart, and again, fuck Walmart. Lock me in a cage for even shopping at Walmart, and again, fuck Walmart. Much love, Bobby T. Wow, dude. That one was like, that's serious right there. That's serious, dude. Like, I don't know what, I would have, yeah, man. Woo. That just, like, if I saw that shit happen on my wife, well, my wife is, my wife would fuck, my wife's got a right hook. She would have fucking probably swung it on him, but that, that could have gotten ugly. Uh... Last one, quick one, again, from Bobby. Bobby T. Hey, Paul, real quick this time. Me and Nikki are looking for healthy food and healthy breakfast at the grocery store as we walk past this. See picture. Now, uh, not only do I have to try and avoid these evil children at the entrance to the grocery store, but now they have weaseled their way inside the fucking store. And the most unacceptable thing about this, I fucking bought them. Of course I did. Look at them. They (laughs) look fucking beautiful. Haven't eaten them yet because I know as soon as I start, I will eat the entire box. 
but it's going to happen anyways, so I uh, may as well eat them soon. Uh, wait a minute. All right, so this is a picture of Girl Scout uh, Thin Mint Cereal. Whoa! They've turned the Girl Scout cookies, the Thin Mints, a limited edition into a cereal. Holy shit, that looks good. Uh, that is That does look good. Jeez. I know. Oh my god, dude. I I would have with milk, thin mints with milk, a cereal. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all sugar. But what are you gonna do? Thank you guys so much. Those are the unacceptables. Um, if you guys would like to submit your unacceptables to to TVE, please submit them to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Also, if you want to send a quick one to my Twitter, you can uh, tweet me. Uh, that's at Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I, and I will read your, uh, your, uh, Twitter, tweet, your, your tweet unacceptables or your Twitter unacceptables, yeah, Twitter unacceptables is how to say it. Um, but yeah, thank you guys, uh, so much for that. I have a big announcement, everybody. I do have a big announcement today. I am very excited about it. There's going to be a, a press release about it, but I will let you guys know now because uh, tickets are available as of yesterday and this morning. There is a press release coming out, which I'm very excited and humbled about, but I will share with you people now. I am very excited and humbled to announce, oh, that August 13th, I will be shooting my comedy special, two shows, uh, I believe it is uh, 7 and 9.30, Sunday night, August 13th, Um, and I could not be happier uh, I am thrilled to have an amazing team of uh, representation, not to mention All Things Comedy is producing it. That's Al Madrigal and Bill Burr. Also, um, Pete Davidson, Saturday Night Live's Pete Davidson, good friend of mine. He wanted to take part. He was the original executive producer. So um, to have those guys jump aboard this thing, I'm doing it in the theater that I always wanted to do it in, in Westchester. It is a beautiful theater, just under 900 people. Uh, and we're thrilled about it. Um, so I, I, I don't even know what to say. You guys are going to be seeing some stuff not coming from me, but you guys will know first that that's definitely happening. Tickets are available for that. So I guess you can go to, uh, the Terrytown music hall or the link was being updated today, but it is definitely going down August 13th at the Terrytown music hall. I uh, could not be happier. And I'm going to be just traveling, hopefully coming to a city near you. If you can't make it to the show, uh, you'll be seeing me work the hour a lot, seeing a lot of the jokes that will be in the in the show. Uh, and uh, I'm just really, really excited, you know? I'm not, as corny as it sounds, I've been waiting for this for a really long time. Uh, I've been dreaming about this since I've been a little boy. Um, my father took me to see Rodney Dangerfield at Radio City when I was a little boy. Uh, my... Um, my mother and grandmother forbid my father to take me to see Eddie Murphy Raw when I was like 9 or 10 years old. It was in the movie theater in Yonkers when Raw came out, which changed my life. And uh, my dad defied them and let me go and see that. And uh, I don't even know. It just blew me away. And uh, I always imagine, wow, imagine if one time I was up in a theater and I had an opportunity to shoot a comedy special. And, um, you know, after the album came out and did as well as it did, uh, I feel like this is uh, just more personal stuff, and uh, it's it's a it's amazing. It's a dream come true, and uh, thank everybody that supported me, my family, my wife. I have an amazing uh, team behind me, and uh, you know I know I was supposed to shoot May second, uh, 
and uh, it, it's a blessing that it, that did not happen uh, through business, through through everything. It's amazing that that didn't happen. This is an absolute blessing in disguise. And uh, there's more details to that that I could get into, but uh, I don't want to be the guy to burn bridges or throw people under the bus because that's really not what this is about. This is about moving forward and looking past and getting to the next best thing and not looking back. I can't stand when people do that. People look back and people get negative and bitter. It's not about that because I'm passing that shit. I'm I'm, I'm moving forward. And uh, that's the only way I know how to do it. And that's what I'm going to do. But I could promise you guys this. For the people that did want to go May 2nd, this is a thousand times better in every sense. As far as the venue, as far as business for me, my family, uh, what's going to make me happy. And I think ultimately what's going to make the viewer and the audience happy. So um, I couldn't be more thrilled. Get your tickets. Come out there. Two shows. We want to sell the place out. Bill Burr and Pete Davidson are going to be in the building probably doing some cameos on stage. I don't want to give too much away. It's going to be an absolutely crazy, amazing night. Um, and I've been waiting a long, long time for this, you know, so, um, come out. I told somebody, I said, man, I feel like a boxer who's, who's getting a shot and, uh, I just cannot wait for it. So, uh, thank you so much. And, uh, moving on, moving on to sports. Uh, before I get emotional, what would you guys do if I just fucking broke down and I just was like, I, I gotta go. <laughs> I just fucking turned it off. Uh, no, uh, sports guys, the formula one race was insane. Lewis Hamilton won. He was like lapping everybody. The next one I think is in, there's like, you guys could check it out. The formula one races, but they're so cool cars. You had to wear earplugs because it felt like your, your chest and your eardrums are going to be ripped out. When these cars just come flying by, tearing up the road so loud, amazing! It's like a, it's like a, and then they had um, fired, fire, uh, what's it called? Um, like jet fighters, these jets just flying by and just like ripping your soul. Like it just, dude, it was so loud and just like body shaking. Uh, amazing, amazing time. And uh, the New York Yankees. The day I went, I took my son to the Yankees against uh, Boston. And it was amazing. Saw Aaron Judge hit three hits. Then the, then the next game that they went to was Sunday when I was in Montreal at the Formula One race. And he got to see Aaron Judge hit two home runs. This kid's got 22 home runs, 49 RBIs, and he's batting like 341 in fucking June. This guy's putting Ruth Mantle numbers up. It's insane what's going on with the Yankees. Great, fun lineup. I am watching baseball. The last two nights I was off, everyone went to bed because the Yankees started late uh, in California. I sat downstairs, watched a lot of the game. Uh, just amazing. So the Yankees are so much fun, and I'm back in baseball. And my uh, family's into it, so it's great. Uh, but I have to do a little, I told you so, everybody. Yes, I do. And the I told you so is that the Golden State Warriors, who people yelled at me about. Yeah, we'll see. You're going to eat your words. LeBron this, LeBron that. Did you think Kevin Durant was going to go to a 73-win team out of 82 games and fucking really lose? Did you think that? You fucking do. LeBron's the best. Really? Is LeBron the best ever? Because the last I checked, Michael Jordan didn't disappear with four minutes left in the fucking fourth quarter of a game. Okay, turning the ball over. LeBron James is an all-time great. I've said it before. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to ever walk on this fucking earth. Don't ever forget that. He's the greatest 
basketball player. He played both sides of the ball, defense, offense. He was ferocious. He had a burning in his heart and his gut that LeBron James simply doesn't have. It's a fucking ludicrous argument. It's ridiculous. Six championships compared to three, and two of his three, he went to pile on fucking teams. Listen, I know people that know LeBron. I know LeBron is a class guy and a good guy. Okay, fortunately for me, the business that I'm in, you hear about it, but then you have friends that know him, people know him, people around him. I've heard it. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about LeBron James. LeBron James is a great dude. I would love to meet LeBron James one day, and I would say, you are an all-time great. But the Michael Jordan comparisons need to stop. I also said on Facebook, I would be surprised if the Cavaliers won two games in the series. Well, they didn't. They won one. But then I have to correct myself. I did go back on Facebook and say, you know what? I'll give them six games just out of respect for Kyrie Irving being on the team with LeBron. And I was almost right, but I wasn't because it went even less than that. So my prediction was right. Don't fucking defy me again. Kneel before Zod. There you go. I said my piece. No movies this week. No movies this week, everybody. All right? Um, But you know I got to go see a couple of new ones that are coming out with the family. Father's Day is coming up. Let's talk about Father's Day. Okay? It's the second day. Because Lord knows Mother's Day is more important. They don't give a fuck about Father's Day. They do a little bit. They do a little. Oh, Dad's going to go golfing and now I'm not going to give him shit. That's Father's Day. That's Father's Day for... Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to be a pain in the ass and text him and call him. I'm just going to let him play the fucking round stress-free. That's Father's Day. Mother's Day. God forbid... You don't go out, you don't get flowers, you don't recognize it, you don't clean the house, you don't fucking bow, God forbid. (laughs) I'm half kidding, ladies, relax. I'm just saying, you guys know Father's Day is not getting the, you know, it doesn't get what it fully, fully deserves. You know that. Come on. And listen, women, you deserve it. You deserve it. You work hard, you're good mothers. Some of you are shitty mothers who don't deserve it. You know who you are. But, um, you know, if I could just be with my kids, be with my family, go see a movie if it's raining or go play golf if it's not, just relax and chill out as long as I'm with my family. Lord knows I do enough traveling away from them. But um, doing a good job of balancing it, man. I'm doing a good job of, like, staying home certain days of the week, not putting in a veils, and then making sure that I hit it really hard and getting a, a bunch of shows every week. So uh, I, I kind of have a good formula with it. Um, so I hope everybody, I hope every father out there has a good Father's Day and uh, enjoys whatever that do, you know, doing whatever that they want to do that day. So shout out to the fathers this Father's Day. Um, shows that I would like to plug. Um, on June 29th, I will be at the Kowloon. I believe it's in Saug, is it in Saugus, Mass? Right outside of Mass. You could just check out Kowloon, K-O-W-L-O-O-N. Um, it is a great venue on top of this huge Chinese restaurant. It's a very known comedy venue. Um, they are doing a benefit for, uh, opiate addiction opiate addiction and uh you know I can uh, only do everything I mean I have to say it's it was an amazing event last time um you know the opiate addiction affected my family we do a benefit for my brother-in-law every year at Levity Live and uh, I will be there doing that 
on June 29th. So check out tickets to that. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great show. They have other great comedians on the show, and I will be there doing that on June 29th. And it looks like June 30th and July 1st, I will be. Looks like I will be uh, with Bill Burr at the Capitol Theater in Portchester in Westchester. Giving you a little commercial of my special. It looks like that's going to be happening, so I'll let you guys know further, but it looks like that's going to be happening. Um, And for other dates, just go to paulverzi.com. I have more dates coming in all the time. Uh, I will also be in um, August 11th and 12th. I will be at one venue, I believe. Hold on. It might be two venues. Let me figure this out and get this right so you guys aren't screwed up because I had a great time out there last time, but I will be in Long Island. I will be in Long Island the two nights before my special, which is definite, okay? And I will be, I'll tell you right now, I will be at Levittown, I'll be in Levittown at Governor's on, um, where is it? No, Levittown. Come on, where's, I'm just sorry, I'm looking for, here we go, here we go. Levittown, New York, and Bohemia, New York. Friday, August 11th. I will be at Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown, Friday, August 11th. Saturday, August 12th, I will be at McGuire's Comedy Club in Bohemia. So both of these places in Long Island, Levittown Governor's Friday, McGuire's in uh, Bohemia, Saturday, August 12th. So please come out to those Long Island. I will literally be running my hour the night before I shoot the special. So, uh... In preparation, come out for that, okay? And uh, like I said, other dates, go check me out. Guys, please check out my sponsor. I'm not even kidding, all jokes aside, an amazing, amazing, um, you know, premium body powder for men. Man care for down there, Chassis. Please check it out. Go to the site. You could buy it at Chassis, www.chassisformen.com or go to Amazon. It is the premier best, best powder and product uh, you guys can use for uh for your down there area okay honestly please check them out they are they are great uh for any other updates guys for any other updates go to paulverzi.com follow me on twitter at paulverzi until the next episode i am out of here have a great week everybody talk to you soon